Hey there, and welcome to Queer I Am, Lord. Uh, we're a brand new show where two or more gather to kiki in God's name, I'd like to say. I'm Jorge Olivares of HeyHorde.com, and today I'm joined by a performer who I've come to know over the past few years, somebody who shares my Tejano roots, a fellow Texas Mexican. Uh, Veronica Garza is someone who I've actually worked with to on multiple occasions, not only on the air, but off the air. And as we were just discussing with each other, never did the topic of religion come forward. We've talked a lot about how we love Texas, how we have our deep roots in Texas, how family is still there. But part of that journey of being a Texan, at least a Tejano, is talking about Catholicism and how that factors into our day to day, either at least when we were growing up and maybe even now today. So uh, as I just had a chance to talk to Veronica about before we started, I still consider myself to be a practicing Catholic. I believe she does too. So we'll get into that and kind of how we've even arrived at that point here on the show. So Veronica, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's this is I'm so excited about this because it's like, oh, I found someone that is get, gets my thing and is still at the same thing that I am, but still is in this weird part right here. It's great. <laughs> but it's true. We've talked about so many things. We've talked about uh, movies, queer movies. We've talked about Selena. We've talked about queso. We've talked about Texas, <laughs> talked about tacos. We've complained about New York City and like the different like random things. And this has never came up. And I think that's really interesting. I, I I think it's because, and I don't know if this is how you necessarily grew up, in that there are a lot of things that are always off topic, or not off topic, off the table mm-hmm. with certain people in your life. And I feel like even though religion was a huge component of our lives, we never really talked about religion, even if we all went to mass, even if we all went to certain Catholic events. Like mm-hmm. we didn't talk about religion, we didn't talk about politics, we didn't talk about money. So I think I've now like transferred that over to my adulthood where <laughs> I feel so anxious talking about money. Now I obviously talk a lot about politics, but religion, I still feel a little uneasy about it. I don't know. Are you kind of in the same boat? I, I, I am. It's it's crazy because I think it it's it's flipped, especially growing up in Texas, it's you you don't bring it up because you just assume uh you know even if it's erroneously that someone believes in god or that they are practicing whatever they are uh it's just a thing being in texas but then now in new york city i don't know it just seems to be a flip of people like you know a lot a lot of queer people or whatever people that didn't feel home and where they originally from and they moved uh you know to new york city and they shed this version of themselves and they left it behind and part of it is religion and um if, if that's works for them that's great part of that because they we a lot of people have these horrible experiences with religion growing up because people they, there's this assumption that being queer is wrong which i'm like no it's actually not but um i think that's kind of why it doesn't come up as much in new york city because i feel like people are the assumption that no one has religion so I when i see, yeah i could see that it's like a flip and i mean if that works for them great i've always been like you know if someone prays to a tree uh, as long as that person's not out murdering people, like that's cool too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it doesn't come up. And when it does, it tends to kind of uh, tick, like people get annoyed by the fact that I'm still Catholic, although in that in no way offends, it affects their lifestyle. Uh, but I've had people, uh, for instance, I can bring up this in Christmas Eve. Uh, we have friends 
with a friend who she has to go get her kids in the morning every day on Christmas. It's her and her partner. Well, they're divorced. She's now dating another woman. But Christmas, she has to wake up. She has to go get her kids. And her tradition is get really drunk on Christmas Eve and hungover and pick her kids up. So, <laughs> so we're outdoor drinking at this at Good Judy in their back patio. And one of their front her friends is, has to leave to drive to Connecticut that night. And she, so she didn't drink and she's telling us bye. And then she said something like, uh, well, we all know, you know, religion is shit like F God, uh, F Jesus, F Christmas. And Leslie looked at me, my girlfriend, and I'm just thinking, I don't want to have this conversation. So the only thing I said was, God bless you. Have a great day. Like I just said, <laughs> God bless you. I'll pray for you. And Leslie looked at me like, that's the best response you can give. Cause I'm not going to have that conversation because it does tend to get aggressive. Mm -hmm. I think there's something to be said about the aggression in which a lot of people approach the religion. And then the other ones of us who are just like, dude, it's not that deep. Like we're just, <laughs> we, we love God or we love our connection to spirituality. Thank you. It's fine. Like we don't have to be upset about our own interpretation of what spirituality is meant to be for us. We don't have to have that convo. And also it's like, I don't think I'm better than you just because I go to church or because, or because I go to mass or, you know, because I, I, I always like my tradition is like, if I have some spare cash, I try to go drop some in like church, just randomly on the street. Ooh. Like that's a thing. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do that because it makes me feel good. I don't do that. You know, and if someone's intimidated by it, I'm just thinking like, that's not me. That's you. Like, what's your hold up? You know, that's I learned like that's a projection. Therapy works. But yeah. uh, that is definitely a projection. But it, it does become so aggressive and heated, especially I, living in Brooklyn now. I think because we're so, I, I it sucks. To, I mean, it's what is Michelle Wolf like? Be you're so woke, like you need to take a nap. And some <laughs> people do need to take a nap. And they're so like fixated on me believing in something it's like just chill but it does and it, it's all for me internally so i've learned to kind of you know just turn the other way like if someone says something horrible about god or jesus it's just like that's okay let's agree to disagree and i just move on it's not worth the energy i think we can explore the idea of the dismantling of wokeness <laughs> because I feel like at some point in my life, when I was the most vocal about my Catholic identity, I received so much more hate from other LGBTQ people than I did from other Catholics who identify as straight or cisgender. And yeah. I remember thinking that was so fascinating. I was like, you understand what it's like to be on the other end of oppression. Like, why are you choosing to other me in this particular way? And I get it. Like, I understand people have had spiritually violent situations happen against mm -hmm. them. They've been in places where they do not feel safe on a spiritual front. But, like, let me be me, dude. Like, let me yeah, like, I'm not hurting anybody. This is. So, like, would you say, aside from the, the anecdote you shared at the beginning about this woman who made these comments about God and not believing, like, would you say a lot of your other interactions with queer folk are kind of them questioning you about you choosing to still believe? Yes, I, I can recall something specifically. I'm not going to name the person who tweeted it, but I remember it because I knew I, I wasn't going, I don't engage. Like this is the thing about the internet, you can choose not to engage. And someone tweeted, I mean, yes, the Catholic church has this one dark past this. I'm not going to address on that because that, that was not my experience. I do feel bad for the families that happened, but also that that's not Catholicism when shit like that goes down. I always said like, no, that's not Catholicism. They did that under the Catholic house, but that's not Catholicism. That's my think on that. So to move on from that, 
when something came up about that, um, uh, a, a fellow, she was also, she's a lesbian. She said, um, if you're Catholic, explain to me how you can believe in that. And that was like such an entitled tweet because it's like, I don't have to explain why this work, why this works for me. You know, like, why should I explain my beliefs to you at what, like it was, she's, she's also white. So I'm like, she just thinks I have to, like, I have to describe or explain this to you. But it was from there, it, it was just subtweets of other queer people doing the saying the same thing like you know fuck this da, da, da. why do you have to do like you know why do you believe in this it doesn't believe you know it the same place that shits on you da, da, da. and it's like no it doesn't it, it it honestly really never has uh but they are it is the most vocal i'm like dang you you want to meet like the most gen judgmental group of people tell like a gay person you still believe in god <laughs> <laughs> you do like you want to catch hardcore shade like there you go mm -hmm. I think the, the interesting thing, so something that you said at the very beginning that I, I don't know why I never really focused too much on, was the idea that we all have this assumption that everybody believes in God and that we operate in the world thinking that we all do. And it's just a matter of like how our relationship with God has changed at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And the good thing is, is if you've been exposed to people in like a New York area, in a metropolitan area, you'll have atheists you'll come across, agnostic people you come across. And so that's a good introduction to like, oh, we can't just assume that everybody believes that there's this higher power, higher being that's going to dictate how things happen in life. Right. But I think something that I, I honestly will own up to is I always believe that Latino people have the assumption that God exists. And yeah. like, I have not met a non-believing Latino, specifically a non-believing Mexican. Yeah, um, it's very few or they'll like, sorry to interrupt you. It's uh, they won't, I, I don't, we don't go into that, but I always assume that they do believe in God. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, I mean, we do have some similarities. So I particularly know what it's like to grow up Texas Mexican at a particular time in the world. Um, but what was your familial introduction to Catholicism? Or like, what are some of those early memories where you think, oh, God has kind of been around for a very long time? all the time i mean some of my earliest memories are of church my parents i would say i'm more religious than my parents are i am definitely more catholic than my parents are i've done specific things for my catholicism um for myself that you know if there's it's not a competition but i am beating my parents <laughs> <laughs> i'm winning i went i went to the vatican so i'm like mom I, i'm oh I'm wow better but i did i did go to the vatican it was like a big deal for me to go uh, and I, and I, I, you know, I went to confession. It was very, like, it was fulfilling for me and my partner. She's not really, she grew up, uh, what's very, very, it's not Protestant. The other, regardless, very religious. I can't even think of the word now, but so she doesn't really, but she does understand my belief. So she like supports it, which is very sweet. But, um, I've always had memories of just like being in church on Sundays and then especially after when we would go to South Texas with my grandmother or we'd go visit my grandmother. She lives she lived in Brownsville. So my parents grew up and after like just eating after church, like that was a thing, you know, everyone would come over and, and just talk on Sundays. And it was a cool thing. And I remember just trying to get through church. Uh, and I remember I'm like, that was just an hour. <laughs> like That's the good thing about Catholicism. You're there for no more than an hour. We are in and out. We don't have time. But after that, it was uh, catechism classes. Uh -huh. uh, it was definitely going through that. Um, and then, uh, what is it? Uh, First communion. Uh 
and then still going through and then getting confirmed. And then after confirmation, it's kind of like you don't really go to the classes anymore because it's like, oh, you're in, basically. <laughs> you <laughs> you know? made it to the club. You're done. Everything's you're good. You picked it. Uh, and so from there, it was more along the uh, my mom would occasionally go to church. Like they would occasionally take us to church, Easter, uh, Christmas. Like I loved midnight mass when we'd go to South Texas visit my grandmother. It's still one of my favorite things. Like it's fun. And so once uh, it wasn't that in great, like just it was there and I understood I was Catholic. I, I didn't really question it till I was 17. And I'm just thinking, no, I get I get it. Like I get I, for myself, it, it I don't know what it is, but I tried to go, well, what if I didn't believe in God? And honestly, it didn't make anything better. Um, like I didn't. I'm like, well, and I'm also it just was weird because I still like in my heart, like I believe in God. So I can't lie to myself and say, well, he doesn't exist. I couldn't deny it. And I got really into um, sainthood uh, and just like looking that up. And I think that's an interesting thing for me. It, it kind of like solidifies like my argument about God. Not that I argue about it, but I'll bring it up with Leslie. I'm like, well, this, how can people argue with this? Because in sainthood, part of the thing is you have to prove the miracles, right? And one of the things that I read was uh, the Catholic Church purposely uh, employs uh, doctors or researchers in particular fields um, that are the experts of just like doing the forensics and stuff that don't believe in God. Um, so that they, uh, that's one of the things they purposely, so they don't believe in God. Um, I got to find this article too. It, it, I'll, I'll send it. It's very interesting. They purposely pick people that don't believe in God to prove that these miracles aren't real. And a lot of times, uh, scientists that still don't believe in God, they'll go, well, there's no explanation for this. So if someone were to believe in something, that would be the force that created this. And I'm just like, that doesn't prove it, but it also doesn't negate it. Mm -hmm. And I, it was my like, because I always thought like sainthood, I thought it was very interesting and just like, you know, of course, it's torture. These people go through these lives and this is how they're rewarded. Um, so there that was kind of what like helped me. And then I would go to church in college uh, randomly because it was like finding just like people that you want to get along with. And it wasn't until I moved to New York City that I started realizing like that was one of my favorite places to be, even even if you're not Catholic, go to Catholic Church in New York City. It's one of the prettiest things you'll ever see. Yeah. It's one of the and just hearing New York City outside. But I think it's it was there. And it was interesting because like culturally, like we have stuff with the Virgin, like we always had the candles out. I mean, with this big ass photos of the Virgin <laughs> Mary. With the roses laid out in front of the Virgin of Guadalupe. How could you not? <laughs> December twelfth. Huge. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, you can't take your tree down to what, January the 6th. Like, that's what we do. <laughs> like, Lent's a thing. Like, right now, like, I give up alcohol for Lent now every year. And uh, so I still do that. My mom being like, you know, candy meat on Fridays. It's a, it's become a thing. But I just, I think in Mexican culture, too, based on, like, if anyone who knows, like, the story just about, you know, like, like, Father Hidalgo, like, just part of the Virgin, like, part of that was, that's ingrained in our culture. So even if you don't believe in God, like the Virgin Mary, for me, it's just like solidifies this, this part of my culture, mm -hmm. you know, no other, I don't really know a lot of cultures that do that. I feel like Polish people, my friend's Polish, she does, but she's Catholic. <laughs> I, you know, this is the first conversation I've had with somebody where there is an emphasis on saints and mm -hmm. like using that as part of the reason to, not, I don't want to say justify, but like reinforce why a belief happens or why a belief is present. And I can say that, so I lived in Washington Heights, which is a neighborhood in New York for several, for 10 years. And there's a Cabrini shrine. That's what it's called. The 
the St. Francis Xavier Cabrini Shrine. Yep. And in the altar is the body of St. Francis Cabrini. And it is the most shocking thing as somebody who's never been exposed to that before. But in my head, when I went to go visit, I just thought, how else do you not believe? Like, how can you not believe when there's something right there that's giving you the kind of proof and evidence that would be required to say, okay, there are things that happen, these magical, mysterious, you know, divine things that can't be explained, but yet, ta-da, here it is. Well, these are the same people who believe, like, OJ's innocent. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's in front of you. Like, that is, that's it right there. But they just, you just choose, I feel like that's that's a choice you choose not to, or it makes you uncomfortable because it's something very unfamiliar, very unknown. The fact that, you know, there's this powerful force mm-hmm. that you... Like, if you don't believe, it's like, oh, it's cool. They don't have to deal with it. But what if you do? Well, we get judged. And it's like, no, it's not like this. Um, but I think it's daunting to a lot of people. What What is your confirmation saint name? Saint Veronica. <laughs> oh, is it really? I'm so, I was such a dick when I was 14. <laughs> I remember them being like, we're going to take this next hour and go through the book of saints. And you think of like what you read about them and then find out what their thing like what what they particularly did you want to see if that's you know how you feel like you identify with and i was like is there a uh, a saint veronica they said yeah i said done (laughs) (laughs) made my life easier never have to worry about it ever done and then my mom told me she goes no that was part of the reason why i chose veronica too because it is a biblical name she didn't give us all biblical names but she for her that that felt right um in that sense i don't know what's yours uh, honestly, I don't remember because the thing that I did not like, so I was not a big fan of my catechism teachers. There were some that I think actually were led by the spirit to teach whatever they needed to teach. And then there were others who were mm, not necessarily, but it was the wrong calling for them. Um, and the one that I had for my confirmation classes did not really give us an option about who, and this is now that I think about it, it's kind of fucked up but we were told that we had to choose whoever's feast day was our birthday. That's weird. Yeah, so I, mine is not even a saint. It's like a blessed, oh, it's blessed Eugene the third. Wow, okay. Yeah, and he's like somebody who's supposedly, and I say this as if I'm like super judgy and blessed Eugene, thank you for that <laughs> for me. But like, I think he has something to do with, oh, actually he doesn't, but there's another Eugene, St. Eugene de Mazenod, and everybody wanted St. Eugene de Mazenod to be my saint, my confirmation name, because it has some priests. What did he do? Priests. Okay. Most priests are associated with the saint. Okay. And at the time, because I was an altar boy and I was heavily involved in the church, everybody thought I wanted to pursue the priesthood when I didn't. So there was actually a lot of angling for me to do St. Eugene de Mazenod. I mean, right. at this point, I can't say much of the other has changed my life but i i is it because sorry i couldn't choose is it because they noticed that like when all the boys were looking at girls you were like no and they're like oh no he's one with god (laughs) (laughs) the funny thing is i when i was an altar boy i was an altar boy for 10 years from the age of 7 to 17 the last yeah the last altar serving mass i did was my graduation mass um So it was kind of like a full circle moment. But I knew probably about halfway through me being an altar boy that I was gay or that I was different. 
Um, and weirdly enough, at some point, the priest who I spent the most time serving um, had a conversation either with my sister or my mom and made the comment about like, you know, there was always something about Jorge that I couldn't quite put my finger on. And it was like, ta-da! <laughs> Obviously <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> but I, I don't know what it was. I, maybe it's because I feel like some people, when you are as ingrained in the church as you usually are, when you're in the South Texas region, I think weirdly enough, the hope is that you would become a priest. Yep. That you'll find a way to to take the religion that has nurtured you and turn it into a separate vocation. But I I don't even know what my life would look like if I had pursued the priesthood. I uh it's funny you say that because I was telling Leslie, uh, just because of how sick and fed up with things, I was telling her like, man, if they they let nuns be lesbians, uh, like I'm in, like I'll do it. <laughs> I I don't have the particular. Tr you have to have the calling. I told her I was explaining to her I'm like you just you get a calling from God and you know, like I I do believe in that. And I go I don't have that particular calling, but if that calling came when I was like about like 55, like I'd do it. I'm like I'm all for it. You don't can't have social media. You don't have to deal with all the mess. And I'm just like, oh, you're just going around. It's basically, it's basically kind of like social work, too, and also spreading the word of God. I'm thinking, I could do that. That sounds great. Um, <laughs> that would, can, can you imagine, like, literally 30 years from now, and you're just sitting at home, and then out of nowhere, you just hear, Veronica. <laughs> Veronica. It'd be like a text from God. <laughs> Now's the time. Make your way to the nearest... <laughs> convent how interesting would that be it'd be dope i i mean i know that's kind of it sounds scary and now i'm just thinking man if i get it am i gonna avoid it but it would keep coming after me of course until you win mm. that's how i feel but i think i think about it just because of all the external factors and stressors we now have people are like i don't know if i could do it i'm like i could totally there's so many less stressors just deciding to just like be one of the people with the Lord, like to hang out, be a part of the Catholic team, you know? <laughs> I I think something would be so incredible if we were to have openly gay religious folk. So like yeah. out priests, out nuns, out deacons, out anything, because talk about like such a wonderful, beautiful way to set an example for people who you know exist. It's not like there's priests out there who are like, there aren't any gay people. Like, um, there are tons. There have to be. How cool would that be, though? Can you imagine if, like, the, the people who we grew up with, like, those priests and those nuns, if they had just been openly gay? So, like, little Jorge and little Veronica, when we were growing up, was like, oh, wow, that's they, cool. Yeah, like, oh, okay. Like, I would totally, like, that would be just even knowing that about, like, oh, that's an option and seeing that, oh, God, God is, like, uh, okay with me, like, being different. Uh, it is. It's pretty cool. Can I share the story with you about that, by the way, that yes. helped me? This helped me not as a kid, but this helped me very recently. Uh, I was a couple of years ago and we were at uh, what? Uh, Notre Dame. We were there. Uh, this is in, we were in Paris and it said that uh, conf confession was open. And, and you know, of course, you just walk in. They have people that speak English. And Leslie's like, well, if you're going to do it anywhere, I'm just thinking, yeah, I'm going to do it here. This is before I went. Yeah, to no the, joke. The, this is like a year before we went, where I did, where I went to confession at the Vatican. But I went in. And the interesting thing was I sat down and I'm, I'm sitting there in the church. He was Italian, um, I think by his accent. And one of the things he asked me is if I had a boyfriend, I said, no. And I, then I, uh, I said, I have a girlfriend. 
And like I in my head, I'm like, I'm going to say this because this is going to tell me like so many things. Right. And I'm like, no, I have a girlfriend. I'm gay. And it was you could hear a pin drop like and it's already a church. It's so quiet. And then he just said, do you love her? And I said, yeah, I love her. And he said, well, then that's all that matters, because love is the one thing we all have. Oh, talk about a beautiful message to receive. And I'm just like, no one can tell me nothing now. Like I've, if someone would have, if someone at some other church would have said that, or if they say that, like that would help so many like little queer Catholics everywhere. Cause there was a lot, um, uh-huh. but that definitely helped. I don't know. It was this weird burden that that was my biggest, like, you know, burden I felt as a queer Catholic, like what, what, what if this church doesn't like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what if someone's going to judge me? And the fact that he said that, I mean, like, that's, that's his, I, it's his opinion. I get it. But also it's just like, no, he said he's completely right. And it helped me so much. But also it made me think, well, why couldn't they all say that when we were growing up? It's so funny you bring up this story because I think the last time ever that I confessed to being gay was 2005. I went to World Youth Day when it was in Cologne, Germany. It was like me and a bunch of other little Mexican kids from my border town fucking doing like fajita plate sales, Krispy Kreme donut sales, trying to do all that we could to raise the money to send our little poor asses to Cologne, Germany. And I remember going to, I don't even remember the cathedral, Um, but we were there and they were offering confessions. And I thought, you know, I have nothing to lose. I have no connection to this person, to this priest. If he says something, see la vie, right? So I sit down and I'm giving my confession stuff. And I mentioned that I'm gay, but I do like the slick throwaway, like, oh, you know, I wasn't respectful to my parents. I didn't do this. I'm gay also. And like, tried to hide it as much as I could. <laughs> And kind of like to your point where you're expecting a response and I think you're so conditioned to anticipate what the response is going to be. And there wasn't any, and it was perfectly fine. And he just like looked at me and said, okay, cool. Like as if it was no other, like, like, Hey dude, you're just one in like a gazillion people behind you. So yeah, I'm moving. So he's like, all right, two our fathers, three Hail Marys go with God. I was like, did you catch the gay part though? <laughs> like I, I said that to you and I hope you got it. And as soon as that all happened, I was like, fuck this. There's no other reason why I would ever say to somebody that I'm gay and like have it be something that I'm remorseful about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even as like religious people too, because it's, I mean, I was like, I've done the thing. I've, I've gone to like the Vatican. I've gone to confession. I did not burn when I went in there. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But also, yeah, that's the thing too. It's just like, okay. I also, they're like, well, you're going to pay for it. I'm like, I did. I think I had to do like five Hail Marys. I'm done. I already paid for it. <laughs> yeah. That was my penance for being gay. You know what? Yeah. Not that bad. <laughs> I I love that you, you've talked about your girlfriend because I think something that I was very cognizant about when I was dating in the New York world and like, trying to figure out who was going to be right for me. I always knew that even if I didn't find somebody who was Catholic, I at least needed somebody who respected my just journey in that Catholic Mm -hmm. world. And I'm so glad that you were able to find somebody who like goes with you to the Vatican, goes with you to Notre Dame and just like, go confess, do what you got to do. It was, it was, it's, she's very supportive, supportive of it. And why, 
why am I forgetting? It begins with a P, not Presbyteria. Pre is that the one that's super like they? Uh, it's a lot of singing. They have to long. The women have to wear the long skirts sometimes too. Oh, I I'm not sure. Protestant pres Presbyterian. Is it Presbyterian? Is it a heavy? I think it's Presbyterian, but she grew up very, and it's just, um, it was, it's, uh, it's just trauma from it because it was, she has memories of like her being 14 and, um, you know, pastors being like, you're a whore because, you know, she, she, her skirt was, you know, three inches below her knee instead of four. You know what I mean? It, it's, she has such trauma for it, but she is very, she said she didn't know when she met me how much like my religion meant to me and how much it is a part of me. And one of the things I told her was this, you know, I, it is part of Mexican culture. I, I, you know, identify with this, this, I, this helps me also this, you know, helps with my anxiety, this, this church, it calms me down. It's a whole thing. And she's been very like, even if she doesn't drink the Kool-Aid, it's like, we're in a very cool room. Like she can see the, the art on the wall. She, she's, uh, she, um, she appreciates uh, the, just like the, the belief that, you know, people that I carry should I say? And she thinks it's very beautiful. The churches are very beautiful. Um, she she sat actually after I had went to confession at the Vatican. I told them like I want to stay for mass, and she was like, Oh, I want to. Oh, of course. She she's, she's kind of nice. like, Why why wouldn't I? Also, it's like you're gonna go to mass at the Vatican. You're gonna sit down. You're gonna you know she can't have communion, but she's like, You're gonna get communion. I'm like, Yeah, of course I am. Uh, and she is. It's interesting to see how she how she kind of navigates with like my my belief in it, but I don't really know what hers is. And it's not a conversation we need to have because I know she's not gonna, she doesn't she doesn't wanna have that argument because also she kind of gets irritated when um, Brooklyn people in particular kind of are like, well, why do you believe in God, you know? Mm -hmm. That's fair. I think I, I am very much a big believer in everybody can, the same way they come to you with their queerness and kind of share that about them, give people the grace to just like on their own time, on their own time frame, be able to come to you and say, well, yeah, I do believe this, or I am very much a, a strong advocate for this. Um, I do want to talk about something that you just said in passing about how religion has been something to help calm your anxieties. Mm -hmm. um, because I think a lot of people will say, what's the source of my anxieties, the church and like <laughs> everything that has been associated with growing up within it. Um, talk about the ways in which it has been used as a calming agents, uh, agent for you. It, it has. One of the things I remember uh, as, as growing up is, you know, if someone's in trouble, someone's sick, you know, you would go, people come over and everyone would pray the rosary, right? Uh, and I, I have memories of that too. I, I you know, my theas, they're all in the living room. They put all the kids, you know, in one room and then they were done. And then <laughs> <laughs> you remember this. And it, it, I remember that. And then growing up, um, just once I became an adult, you know, there being a church down the street and me going, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go pray just to like chill. Like things are weird. I'm just going to go pray and talk to God. Like that's the thing. Like you can, you can just sit there and talk to him. No one's going to tell you anything. So once I got to New York City, I found that, the church was, you know, it's it at the end of the day, Catholicism, it's universal, all, you know, everything's, you're not going to miss anything regardless of where you go. Some have different ways of how they have their mass, but that's fine. Um, but one of the things I noticed is if I would feel like stressed or something about a Sunday and I'd be walking around like the West Village, uh, I forgot the Catholic church that's on the in the West Village. Uh, I would just go in and like pray. And I have a really good friend who I grew up with who was living here at the same time. And she's like, well, let's go pray. And then, um, 
uh, you know, let's, let's go to a bar. <laughs> and so she was like, but let's go, we gotta go pray for some stuff. I'm like, yeah, let's go do that. We haven't done that in a bit. Let's go pray. And it, it felt really good just to go pray. And so after that, it became a thing when I was, I worked in lower Manhattan for about, ooh, about six, six and a half years. And there was a church over there that uh, I would just go sit in at lunchtime because it was like the most quiet, it's like the quietest place in lower Manhattan, but I could sit there, obviously, like I go on part of the team, like it's, it, that, it was this familiarity and also this nostalgia that helped uh, calm kind of whatever worry or anxiety I was having that day. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, there's something, I think there's part of that too, is that, um, that at home feeling, even though we're 2000 miles away from home. Yeah, no joke. I, I think it's so app that you say part of the team because uh, <laughs> listeners can't see right now but veronica is a huge sports fan <laughs> and there are several banners of different teams hanging behind her yes um, are you so would you say kind of at the end of the day that you are a proud member of the team and that you're somebody who would like rah 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 be the biggest cheerleader if you could for this team Definitely. I'm, I'm like, I'm happy to just like be on the squad is what I would tell people. It's fine. I, I like it. And um, I, I actually go to a church that is uh, obviously it's in Brooklyn. It's in Park Slope. It's a uh, very supportive of the queer community. What's one thing they're very vocal about. And it was kind of like, oh, well, it's like God was like, oh, you moved here. This, this is going to work out. I'll take care of you. And, but I'm, and then even if they weren't like that, I'd still be like a member of the church. Not that they, if they weren't, it's not as if they hate, didn't like it. It's just that they weren't as vocal as they are is the best way to say it. But I am a very proud member of it. Um, I'm mixed. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to get into an argument about someone with it, about it. You know, I'm like, well, I'm Catholic and that works for me. And that's kind of where it ends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm very excited. Like the, I didn't know about this church. I want to say this because it's very New York. Um, at Ginger's, the, the gay bar that I live by, there's a bartender there who, when I met her, she's like, Veronica, she goes, oh, and then I said, I don't know how it slipped out about being Catholic, but she's Catholic. Her saint name is also St. Veronica. Oh, cool. And so she uh, invited me to church once with her. And I had just got, she doesn't drink, but I had just got drunk on a Saturday and she invited me to church on Sunday. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I remember I was going to go to church with her. Uh, but I went and it's at St. Augustine. And I, it was funny, I made my, I was confirmed at a St. Augustine in Dallas. So I thought that was interesting. But this church, we, we, you've seen Mona Lisa smile. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know the scene where Kirsten Dunst gets married? Yeah. They shot that there. Like, that's oh, how, I guess how, new, how New York is that? Like, even my church has a TV credit, like a credit. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, I, I love these little these little gestures that one would assume, especially if you believe in it, that it's God's way of saying like, hi, this is meant to happen. These are the people that you're meant to be with either for this particular moment or for an extended period of time. Like take these signs. And it wouldn't work out if it weren't like, you know what I mean? Like that's like, it wouldn't work out for like, I believe in it, but also they're like, it works. Like it it works for me. and at times stuff is rough, but I'm like, that's just part of it. No one has an easy life. Mm-hmm. So, and I just, yeah, I think it's very much a sign. And I, 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 yeah, I just like, I like it. I enjoy it. And like, especially even during Lent, I know for a lot of people, it's a rough time. It's like, I give up this, this, I'm just like, sweet. I'm happy not to drink. Uh, you know, <laughs> I like, you know, eating. like even the whole thing, like this whole time, um, you know, about reflecting, it still makes me think of when 
we would do it as, like my family when my family does it too so it's still very nostalgic so it, it keeps me going mm-hmm. well i love that we could end talking about teams and squads and <laughs> and understanding that we are on the same team but hey. i do want to also give you the opportunity to share your social medias if um, you feel so comfortable doing so our sure. listeners can follow you Sure, sure. Um, find me, just look up Veronica Garza and maybe put comedy if you're on Twitter or Instagram or even on Facebook. But my actual handles on Instagram, it is Barrows underscore got underscore jokes. And on Venmo, it's Barrows underscore broke, uh, like have no money. Uh, and that's, <laughs> that's basically, or just like put in Veronica Garza comedy on YouTube and just like, like something. <laughs> Like it, folks. Like it. I guarantee you, you'll be happy with it. Well, Veronica, thanks so much for joining me. And I always want to end my conversation saying, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Like you put the hands in the back.